As the Olympics get into full swing, we're reminded of the powerful lessons which the Bible presents to us in relation to how we should live lives pleasing to God. This is Matt Davies joining you for another Bible in the News. The news this week is full of the achievements of men and women competing at the Olympic Games in London. Many world records have been broken in the Games, with athletes training harder and better to get their bodies in peak physical fitness in order to win at their events. One such man is Jamaica's Usain Bolt, the fastest man alive, who set a new Olympic record this week of running the 100 metres in only 9.63 seconds, and was just outside breaking the 200 metre record, winning that race in just 19.32 seconds. Now, back in April 2012, reporter Mike Bailey wrote an article for the Daily Telegraph newspaper. After interviewing Bolt, he reported the following. He spends hours refining his technique on the track and building strength in the gym. And then he quotes Usain. Because I am always messing about and my running style looks effortless, a lot of people think I'm lazy, which I am sometimes, he admits. But I say to them, see you in the morning at 6am. Come and watch me train. I am blessed with natural abilities, but I make the most of what I have. I enjoy myself because I work hard. Now it's this lesson of working hard and dedication which is underlined when we we turn to our Bibles in connection with the subject of the Olympics. The Olympic Games, which the world is enjoying, at this present time, have their origins in ancient Greece. The ancient Olympic Games were originally held in Olympia from the 8th century BC to the 4th century AD, before they restarted in modern times around 1894. They were therefore a huge part of the ancient world and as such are used in the scriptures to illustrate biblical principles in a way that readers of the time could associate with. We would be foolish not to consider the very serious lessons which come home to us. The passage which contains the most references to the games can be found in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verses 24 to 27, which records the inspired words of the Apostle Paul. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize? So run that ye may obtain, and every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Here Paul compares the races which are run in the Olympics to life itself. The exhortation is clear. Just as an athlete will dedicate themselves to training in order to compete in a race, we too should dedicate ourselves to living lives which follow after the example of the Lord Jesus Christ. This lesson comes out more fully when we examine the Greek words behind the English translation. For example, in verse 25, the phrase translated striveth for the mastery is the Greek word agonizomai, 
which Thayer's lexicon states means to enter a contest, contend in the gymnastic games. This word crops up in some very interesting places in our Bibles. For example, Jesus uses it in Luke 13 and verse 24, when he tells those that would follow him to strive, agionizeomai, to enter in at the straight gate. For many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able. It also appears in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12, which states that we should fight agionose mei, the good fight of faith, and lay hold on eternal life. This Greek word, agion mei, is where our English verb to agonise comes from. And when we connect this with the verses we've mentioned, we can understand that this should be our approach to the things of God, to agonise in trying to live up to his standards. It is only those who agonise to master faith and put that faith into practice who will finish the race and be given the reward of eternal life in God's mercy at the end. We might ask, but what should we have faith in and how do we lead a life of faith? Well, in Mark, Jesus tells us the answer in his instruction to his apostles. He said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptised shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. It is this gospel message which we must seek out, understand and dedicate our lives to. And the gospel is made up of two aspects, the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ. See Acts 8 verse 12. The next step after understanding those things is baptism. And from then on, it is to continually seek to live a life after the example of Jesus Christ. Now, this is not an easy task, but if we set our minds to it like an athlete sets their mind on the games, being temperate, or as that word means, having self-control, then we will put ourselves in a good stead to receive the prize through the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. If athletes dedicate themselves to win a corruptible title, then how much more should we strive with an everlasting prize of being part of God's future kingdom on the earth on offer? Another word that is interesting from the passage we have looked at in 1 Corinthians 9 is paikteuo, which comes up in verse 26 and is the word for fights. The passage says that Paul fights, but he does not so as one that beateth the air. The word is the Greek word for boxing, and Paul is using it in the sense of someone who is shadow boxing. In other words, a training exercise carried out where the athlete punches the air. Our boxing match is not like this. It is real and means we need to keep under or beat back our natural inclinations to sin if we are indeed to get through the race of faith. And Paul says that if he does not do this, even though he has preached to others, he could be a castaway. The word there for castaway is the Greek adokaimos, which in this context means he would be disqualified from the race. And this brings to mind 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 5, which states, And if a man also strive for masteries, yet is he not crowned, 
except he strive lawfully. The rules have been set out. They are in God's word and we need to dedicate ourselves to following them. At the beginning of our quotation from 1 Corinthians 9 comes a word which perhaps is the most interesting because of its connections elsewhere in our Bibles. It is the word for race in verse 24, which Paul, by inspiration, associates with a life of faith. This idea of running a race is picked up in Hebrews. In Hebrews 12, verse 1 and 2. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. And this patient running of a race is also picked up by the wise preacher in Ecclesiastes, who says that the race is not to the swift in Ecclesiastes 9 verse 11. Now here in Corinthians, the Greek word for race is stadion, from where we get our English word stadium. Vines records that this word stadion has two meanings, a stadium, i.e. a measure of length, 600 Greek feet, and a race course. And clearly these ideas are connected. The race itself and the track it was performed on became known by the same name, stadion. This word is translated as furlong in other parts of the English Bible. And it is significant that in the symbology of Revelation 21 verse 16, this word appears. In Revelation 21, John receives a vision of a symbolic city representing the faithful saints in God's kingdom. In verse 16 of this chapter, we read, The city lieth four square, and the length is as large as the breadth. And he measured the city with a reed, 12,000 furlongs. The length and the breadth and the height of it are equal. The word furlong there is the Greek stadion. And in the symbology then, we see that this is a beautiful picture of all those who have successfully competed in the race, have dedicated themselves to following after Christ, and who have been given the crown of victory. They have become part of the new Jerusalem, which John saw coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband, verse 2. This is a vision of the future, of those who, because of their faith, have, put, have had their vile bodies changed and fashioned like unto Christ's glorious immortal body, Philippians 3.21, who have believed in the gospel of God and have therefore been made partakers of the divine nature, 2 Peter 1 verse 4, and have been given a position of rulership in God's kingdom on the earth. No matter how impressive then the athletes may seem who compete in the Olympic Games, it must be remembered that when compared next to the supernatural abilities God's power can give, man seems puny, slow and cumbersome. For example, no matter how amazing the weights lifted by Olympic athletes seem, it compares little to the power of God, 
who gives Samson the strength to, to push down a whole building in Judges 16, 29 to 30. It makes no difference how fast a man can run the 100 metres, because this becomes meaningless when compared with instant teleportation, John 20, verse 19. Tactical advantages go to waste then when compared with mind reading, Acts 5, 3, and knowing the future, Acts 27, 34 and 44. Water sports seem less amazing when we consider how Jesus could control the stormy seas in Mark 4, 37 to 39, and even walk on water in John 6, verse 19. How then, with these things in mind, can we not be inspired to seek out the truth of the gospel and follow after the example of the Apostle Paul, who wrote to the Philippians, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Philippians 3, 13. This has been Matt Davies. Join us again next time, God willing, for another instalment of the Bible in the News. Music